Hey, Rose, do you ever call up Royally Obsessed on Alexa? It's one of the easiest ways to listen to the pod. You can hear our latest episode every week there, thanks to Amazon Music, which has a full catalog of podcasts, including Royally Obsessed. All you have to do is say, Alexa, play Royally Obsessed on Amazon Music. Oh, no, mine is listening to me say that right at this moment. <laughs> a royal reminder, new episodes drop every Thursday. Tune in on Amazon Music. Now on to the show. Please rise for their majesties of Royally Obsessed, the podcast for all things royals. Stand by! Three cheers for Her Majesty the Queen! Welcome back to Royally Obsessed. I'm Roberta. And I'm Rachel. And it's time for your weekly update on the royal news you need to know. But first, happy Thanksgiving to everyone who's celebrating. This episode will air on Thanksgiving, so we are so excited to be with you guys on this day. A couple of royal reminders, as always, before we dive in, follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join the Facebook group Royally Obsessed. You can also subscribe to the podcast. Send us an email at info at gallerypodcast.com. Rachel, what are you doing for Thanksgiving? So I'm not doing a whole heck of a lot. I am staying put where I am in Massachusetts. Uh, we have our little kind of pod. It's, I mean, I'm fortunate that I'm I'm with my parents who are my childcare, um, and then so it'll be my husband, my son, and I, and my parents, and we'll be doing a good amount of cooking and baking. My husband loves to bake, so he is such a good baker. <laughs> yeah, he's so into it. He's like I, he really takes I can it seriously. A- attest to that. Yeah. I've- taste tested before so. you certainly have yeah no he's he's really into it so i feel like that's our big plan we just uh definitely kind of like wanted to have a calm relaxing day i think that yeah. this year obviously has been incredibly difficult for so many people so totally. moment of pause what about you yeah i mean it's, i feel like this week has been so stressful and anxiety ridden and and I feel a little sleep deprived just because of our plans being up in the air. And I'm sure so many people are in the same boat, Um, but hoping that I'm able to drive down to see uh, my family for Thanksgiving. And if not, you know, just celebrating. So that would be in Florida or you're going? Um, Actually to North Carolina, but we'll see. Still up in the air. and. I'm sure many people can relate to that. For and sure. also like the CDC saying, you know, recommend, recommending not traveling. So it's definitely um, a really difficult year for so many. So we are thrilled to join you and bring you some, you know, fun, lighthearted, royal content this week. We I have know. a very special episode planned. We really do. And that's that's what we want to, you know, make clear that this is a fun episode. We want to take a moment, celebrate our love of the royals, be thankful for the royals because they are the ultimate distraction. So for both of us during this time. <laughs> yes. um, as Roberta said, we have a very special episode planned in lieu of the news. This week, we're setting the royal table, if you will, with dishes that are beloved by Kate, Megan, and more, and talking about the royal stories that we are most thankful for this year. There's astonishingly a lot, <laughs> considering we've all been virtual and remote for the most part. We're also doing a little bit of fact-checking for The Crown, so no spoilers, though. Promise. Yes, no no spoilers because we're both still early on, but we've gotten so many DMs and messages from listeners saying how much they love this season or, you know, a critical review of the episodes in season four, so. I'm enjoying because just DMs that I've received um, kind of reading about everyone's individual progress. It makes me feel better that I'm not the only one that, <laughs> that is waiting and savoring. I think Roberta and I are in the same boat on that. 
to watch the whole show. Exactly. I felt like a lot of people would have watched all of it in one sitting, and I wish I could if I had the time. I definitely would have dedicated a whole day to it, but yeah. I, I definitely don't have the time right now. But I am so excited to kind of unpack it slowly, it's and I feel like Thanksgiving I can... plan. Yes, that's true. That's my Thanksgiving plan. That's <laughs> my answer to you from yeah. earlier. All right. Well, just like Thanksgiving, we'll kick it off with a drink. I don't know about you, but that's how my Thanksgiving always usually starts is with some kind of fun drink. And now it's time for the weekly royal cocktail. We are sipping two royally approved and Thanksgiving ready cocktails. The first one, which Rachel is holding up right now, is a Fortnum's Hot Toddy. And this is from Tom Parker Bowles' Christmas and Other Feast Cookbook. So a reminder, Tom Parker Bowles is the son of Camilla Parker Bowles. He writes cookbooks. This is called the Fortnum's Hot Toddy because it's Fortnum and Mason's, which is a big department store there. And so tell us, Rachel, how is it? It is so good. I've been drinking it before we started recording because I mixed it up and it's hot. So I needed to, you know, I wanted to enjoy that warmth. It is delicious. And I actually, I didn't have a lemon. Yeah, it looks really beautiful because you have the slice of... Um, well, so it's an orange. I had to, orange I had to improvise. Orange side of a glass cup because it's a see-through cup, which I feel like is the perfect hot toddy glass. And then, yeah, on like a little pedestal and then a cinnamon stick floating in it. It looks really lovely. The only thing that would make it better is if we were sipping this side by side. I really miss I you. I feel like well, this is – it's, but I highly recommend this drink. And also, Tom has written seven cookbooks. Did you – Notice that detail? I didn't realize that was he wrote so many. I know he's, he's a, a star. great cook though. And it's usually like British and traditional foods focus, which I really love. So he, you know, kind of updates the classics a little bit. I'm also sipping the hot toddy of mine's in a, a opaque white ugly Still mug works. with Tastes a the same. cinnamon stick that's like half the size of my pinky, so it's sunk all the way down, so it's not cute. It's but, still uh, super cute. I love it. I love that we are both drinking that. So he, Tom Parker Bowles, wrote in this cookbook, he said, this is the ultimate midwinter cure-all with lemon for much-needed vitamin C, honey for sweet comfort, and of course, a generous pour of scotch. He said Camilla used to make this for him as a child, but he corrected <laughs> himself in this interview. He said, sadly, sans whiskey. So glad he had to clarify <laughs> I was it, reading that. And I was like waiting for that uh, reveal. I was like, wait, as a as child. A child. Yeah. Impressive, Camilla. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The other cocktail that we have is from the TIG. So we have the Wayback Machine, which is kind of archives the internet pages that are no longer up. And the TIG, some of those pages from Megan's blog are still up. And this one is holiday champagne cocktail. So she suggests doing one ounce cranberry juice, sweetened champagne, a spritz of lime and frozen cranberries for garnish, which sounds lovely. I actually feel like I'm going to whip that one up for sure on Mm -hmm. Thanksgiving. I feel like that sounds delicious and festive feeling. It really does. I love that. Yeah. Cheers. So yeah, cheers. (laughs) Virtual toast. (laughs) And while we're sipping a great listener email from Sonia. She said, Dear Rachel and Roberta, thank you for your podcast, Royally Obsessed. I just discovered it in the last few months and enjoy it so much. I love staying in the loop knowing there is a Roro community out there and I enjoy your light and chatty conversation style. She also says, I have a Royally Obsessed moment for you. In 1999, I was working in London at my first job after college. I was a media planner then and our sales rep from BBC World took me and my German colleague out to lunch. We were about to cross a quiet street on the South Bank when first two motorcycles, then a black car with 
wait for it, the queen (laughs) sat in the back and passed us. She was all dressed in formal wear and even wore a tiara. My German colleague and I screamed as if we had just seen a boy band and the tears flowed freely while we laughed. My own reaction took me by surprise because at that stage I had no idea I was a (laughs) Roro. Sometimes you don't know until you know. know. (laughs) (laughs) The only English person among us, she says, the BBC sales rep was so amused at our actions. I love it. (laughs) <laughs> that's so great i love the descriptor of it being like a boy band i mean we've all been there where we're just like ah but the queen is totally that it for us i also love that you could be a secret roro and not really know until something like that happens Completely. the queen passes you by and you almost faint or yeah. something um but she, also roros sonia is so really obsessed she wrote a book about the royal family it's her first novel it's called royal training and it's about michelle an american who unexpectedly gets a job as a trainee at buckingham palace where she gets to live for five weeks while rotating through departments she says think of it like the devil wears prada meets the crown which sounds sounds amazing. juicy and delicious yeah is great. i'm into it so she is looking to publish it and needs some help so if you roros have any ideas or perhaps there is a listener who is a literary agent as well let's connect we got we can connect you guys so definitely Hit us up, info at gallerypodcast.com. Yeah, let's help Sonia. This sounds like a must read. It does sound fun. I would love to read another royal book. There's been so many good royal books this year. That's one of the things I'm thankful for. So, well, so this week in royal history. And now, this week in royal history. Okay, we promised no spoilers, but this is what, you know, it dovetails with the first episode of The Crown, which again is the only one that Roberta and I watched. But on November 23rd, 1979, the sentencing of Thomas McMahon, he was found guilty of preparing and planting the bomb that killed Lord Mountbatten, and he was sentenced to life in prison. So as a reminder, and this is not I'm not taking this from the crown. This is real life. On August 27th, 1979, Lord Mountbatten boarded his fishing vessel, the Shadow Five, to spend the day with his family off Ireland's northwest coast in Donegal Bay. At 11.45 a.m., so broad daylight, with his police detail watching from the shore, not involved, but just that was his protection at the time, he was killed when McMahon and other IRA terrorists detonated a 50-pound bomb that was hidden on board. Three others were killed, including his 14-year-old grandson. So awful. And the so, IRA, so I know, the IRA immediately claimed responsibility, saying they detonated the bomb by remote control from the coast. And as a reminder, Mountbatten was the second cousin of Queen Elizabeth II and a World War II hero. He was really, you know, quite a force within the royal family. And the bomb actually was the first major blow against the royal family by the IRA in their quest to drive the British out of Northern Ireland, which resulted in, I mean, a 30-year conflict. Um, And it was also said to be the catalyst for Margaret Thatcher's hardline stance against the IRA was this particular event. Well, she gives that impassioned – I feel like I'm obviously relating the crown in real life right now, but to fact check what happened in the crown, I think we see Gillian Anderson as Margaret Thatcher giving that impassioned speech to the mm-hmm. queen over the phone and really saying, like, this is not acceptable. We will go after this. These, mm-hmm. you know, these criminals – you know, never is a crime that's politically motivated not a crime. It's still, you know, punishable by law. This is, you know. So I think if we're fact checking here, yep. I do think they really followed closely with what happened. It doesn't seem like they deviated too much from the the real story. Totally. And because it was especially, you know, 
it really hit hard because Mountbatten was also the only member of the British royal family to be killed during that entire conflict. So it really – and he was such a public figure for the citizens of the UK. Definitely. All right. Well, let's kick off our Thanksgiving episode. The big question before we dive into our ideal royal meal for Thanksgiving, uh, will Harry and Meghan celebrate Thanksgiving this yeah, year? Yeah, what do we know? I think they would just because they definitely are, you know, Doria seems to be there in their guest cottage and Archie is, you know, a year and a half. So I do think that Megan will do some cooking. I mean, the, as much as I've for the research of this episode, I was reading a lot of the TIG and she's so, so passionate. And also in her foreword to the Together cookbook, which came out, I believe, last year, Megan wrote, I have a lifelong interest in the story of food, where it comes from, why we embrace it and how it brings us together. The universal connection to community through the breaking of bread. From a Thanksgiving supper to a Shabbat dinner or a Sunday roast, the meals that bring us together are the meals that allow us to grow, to listen, to engage, and to be present. I think that that's so symbolic of her feelings towards these big meals and that she will definitely be cooking and whipping up some fun things this year. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like, you know, it's been her tradition up until, you know, it's not a UK tradition, but it's been her tradition her whole life. I mean, even last year I was, you know, I always love going back to the Sussex Royal Instagram account and it, I was reminded, you know, they did wish the world happy Thanksgiving on their account last oh, wow. year. Uh, so I, I, I think that, that it's a tradition, however they may honor it. Uh, they for sure, I would imagine, are celebrating in their own way this year. Probably a small gathering, but. Yeah. All right. Well, our main course, let's let's cook it up. So <laughs> this is, if we were I'm planning. i my hot toddy right now. Keep it going. I mean, you have, yeah, I'm going to take a sip as well. You got to drink it fast, though, because it's the warmth. You I know, know mine's like, cooling off yeah. too quickly. All right, main course, you have to go with turkey, right? You have to go yeah. with the turkey. Do you uh, do you always do turkey? Always turkey. Time? There was a big debate Same. this year. Would we not do turkey because it's a smaller <laughs> occasion? And no, everyone sided with turkey. <laughs> but you have to kind of get like, I mean, for me, I feel like we try to get like the free range. And I oh, mean, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Free, like, Completely. You know, like, and if you don't, then you end up in the frozen aisle of yeah, we're at the grocery store, and you're just like, yeah, you got to pre-order it. You got to put some thought into it. It's definitely, the right. order went in today, and I'm I'm pretty pumped about it. And the Royals do love turkey. We know they don't celebrate Thanksgiving, but they do love turkey. So we mentioned Tom Parker Bowles. He writes cookbooks. He's written seven cookbooks, which Rachel mentioned at the top of the episode. So his he said his mom Camilla is a very good cook, but she has had a few kitchen mishaps, particularly with turkey. <laughs> he revels in this memory of his mother clad in a dressing gown at 7 a.m. on Christmas Day, literally kicking an oversized bird into the oven. He revealed this to the Post. He said, she and my Aunt Annabelle would struggle to get it in. He said she would literally kick it in with her foot. The (laughs) 44-year-old food writer told the Post this. It was quite the tradition. And he said, despite the occasional kitchen mishap, my mother was an excellent chef. Before she married my stepfather, obviously Prince Charles in 2005, she was always in charge of the cooking. So... Because now they have people to roll it out for them. But that's – I love those anecdotes. <laughs> and that they do they do turkey, although not for Thanksgiving, but I do love that. Um, but Megan suggested – and I thought this was so – This sounds delicious for, to me. It's so perfect for this year too when a lot of people are thinking about downsizing and um, scaling back their usual traditions. So she suggested an oven-roasted chicken breast with mushroom and leek gravy on her former blog, The Tig. This is a quote from her. She said, I love a brine stuffed and roasted turkey as much much as anyone. But if you're cooking for two, maybe a smaller bird is more up your alley. And coupled with a beautiful side and a delicious dessert, you will be the king or queen of happy belly 
bellies and full hearts. I love that that was written way before she married into the royal family. The royal illusions. I right? mean, they might have been dating at this point. Who like knows? how, like, yeah. I mean, exactly. They might have been dating at that point. Also, I will it just- It is interesting, though, leaks, to say, like, the king or yeah. queen. I don't know. It's just funny. It's funny. Uh, but leeks are, I think, that like a superstar ingredient. Anything with leeks, I'm all in. So the leek gravy in this recipe. And I do agree that it is kind of a way to downsize your your dinner this year. I think that it's totally. a great idea. Yeah, and it's it's actually the ingredient list is pretty short. It's two free-range chicken breasts, skin on and bone in, olive oil, sea salt, pepper, fennel seed, and then the gravy, which is, like you mentioned, the leeks and mushrooms. But it's really not – it doesn't sound like that intensive, so it is a really good idea if you are having a smaller meal and don't want – Although I love leftover turkey, so yeah, like, you gotta, that's the whole point. Bird, but like, <laughs> I know, but I do think that that's economical to be yeah. like, here's a chicken breast and like, let's just pretend. I kind of want to mix this into not just Thanksgiving. Like this to me sounds like a great just everyday, every night dinner. You know what I mean? Totally. Like that sounds like a yeah. really – and you – for an every night dinner, you probably would have leftovers too. And super healthy too. It's actually yeah. – the recipe from the TIG is she's – when she was doing the tick, I guess she spoke to a lot. I wasn't a big royal follower in those days for her. Um, like some people, you know, who have followed her ascent from that mm-hmm. point on. But um, she talked to a lot of chefs and food nutritionists and food experts. And so she, these recipes come from people who really know their stuff. And this is from um, some healthy chef that specializes in really healthy recipes so it is you know also has that aspect to it let's talk about what we're thankful for this course though so the main much course. yeah while we're while we're enjoying our our what we our hypothetical thanksgiving royal thanksgiving <laughs> dinner uh i'm so thankful i know we keep talking about but the new season of the crown like i said it's what i want to do the entire week that we have next week to just kind of relax. And I'm trying to savor it, much like a Thanksgiving meal. I want it to go slowly. It's, you know, the Diana era is so exciting. And I think, like we've learned from The Crown, it's brought in a whole new viewership as well. Definitely. Yeah, they said they Netflix announced that there were a lot more viewers this time around. Yeah, I think, I, think so it's I don't know news. the exact numbers, but I feel like it was definitely a huge surge in in households that were watching The Crown. New new watcher, you know, I know a lot of yeah. friends also that haven't watched any of the previous seasons and are joining just for this era of time because everyone's so familiar with Diana and Charles and their story. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. To see it really play out. Yeah, exactly. I'm also really thankful for, you know, throwing it way back to the beginning of quarantine. And maybe we need to go back to that as we kind of endure the next few months. But Kate's Pinterest crafts. I'll never forget recreating Prince Louis's uh, rainbow handprints. The best. <laughs> it was so fun. And I actually have that framed on my fridge. And it's not, sorry, I have that on my fridge. It's not framed, but it's a really kind of poignant memento for me. Every time I look at it, I think of like how far we've come this year. So thank you. You have Kate. your son's hand. My yeah, son's hand your son's. Yeah. Yes, yeah. And there's other ones too. Like w- she did the pasta, um, the bags of pasta. That was kind of another And it was homemade thing. pasta. And wasn't there something else? I thought there was a third. Well, she did the poppy cupcakes as well. Oh, yes. But yes, those yes, were yes. – that was for Remembrance Day. Uh, but she did – they baked them recently. themselves. And I think um, some of our – a couple of royal fans that I follow have found all the supplies. I don't know if Kate herself listed the supplies that she ordered. They were available in the Amazon in Amazon UK. But oh, to recreate okay. those poppies. To do it exactly how they exactly. did it. Oh. Yeah. 
Well, this year I am really thankful for royal fashion, even in COVID. Yes, because (laughs) I feel like now, you know, talking to Elizabeth Holmes last time, I think, you know, not it's not just frivolous. It definitely sends a message. It has meaning and it's just so fun. I love seeing what they wear. It's one of my favorite parts about being a royal watcher and a royal fan. Um, So I I mean, we have seen a lot of only waist up fashion but there have been times like megan's striped pants the relaxed vibe with the Gloria Steinem interview just like so laid back kate's red coat the oversized red coat so much fun stuff that really like feels like you know we're back in normal times again which i think we all kind of need to like forget that everything's happening right now and and just like love on all the clothes that they wear. And we're also, um, even with that, we get, you know, a glimpse at Prince. We got a glimpse this year at Prince Charles style habits yes. as we talked about last week. I feel like it's just the thought and detail that goes into all of it is it hasn't gone away this year. No. And it's it might have even increased even more now that they have so much, you know, not only are they showcasing small brands, but also, you know, trying to be frugal and rewear things because obviously people are hurting during this time financially and otherwise. So yeah, it's definitely, it's um, possibly even increased the amount of attention on their clothing. And Charles's clothing collection, which is so out of my price range, but so much fun. And I hope we see even more of that from them. Um, And then my other thing that I'm thankful for, for our main course is getting to hear the Cambridge kids talk this year. Just such a joy. And I want to go back and replay that right now. What's your favorite animal or whatever (laughs) Prince Louis said? It brings me so much happiness. I feel like, side note, also thankful for Sir David Attenborough and all of his work. But just like, that was so lovely. And hopefully more royal kids content next year. That's what I I'm know. For. I know. I miss seeing those moments because we did have so many in the previous years. But Kate has been so great at giving us little snippets here and there. Yes. Well, yes. moving on to sides, royal side dishes. My favorite part yeah. of Thanksgiving dinner. I mean, dinner. really. The is turkey, this your favorite part? Yeah. What's your favorite? The turkey is there, but more as like a centerpiece. But it's really <laughs> about the sides. Mashed potatoes are my everything. Are they? Okay, my favorite's like Brussels sprouts and sweet potatoes. Ooh. Sweet potato casserole specifically, which oh is my so gosh. bad. For that you. sounds so good. I actually speaking of leeks, the way we, we make, make a leek it. mashed potatoes. That's what that's what Ooh, I'm all excited for. But I delicious. forgot about Brussels sprouts. That is a favorite too. All right. So these are the royal side suggestions for your royally approved Thanksgiving. We have pumpkin fondue, roasted acorn squash salad, Asian inspired kale salad, and forager's pie. Those are all from the TIG. So she was a big, you know, sides person, Meghan Markle was. And then we also have fennel and orange salad, which was from Together, our community cookbook. That sounds really delicious. It's such a pretty – I'm going to hold up a picture from the cookbook, Roberta. Doesn't that look delicious? Wait, you have the cookbook. Oh, yeah. I'm all in on this cookbook. I just feel like fennel is such a great ingredient this time of year too. So I think that that's kind of of an elevated Thanksgiving salad, if you will. All of these sounds pretty healthy except for the pumpkin fondue, which is actually served in a carved out pumpkin. Oh. But I love that back in her blogging days, Megan claimed that this recipe, which is by Chef Ruth Reichel, was her favorite of all time, which like what a distinction. For yeah, the I feel like that's worth it, making it yeah, alone, that to endorsement. Say that. <laughs> exactly. Um, also about foragers pie, Megan wrote on the TIG, while I am a hamburger loving fool and have been known to <laughs> indulge that. in Cote de Boeuf, I hope I'm saying that right, and yeah. vino on a monthly basis is it 
Yeah, you're right. Yeah, Cote de Vila. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) I have recently embraced more plant-based eats. Why, you ask? A plant-based diet is better for the environment, better for your health, better for those furry friends of ours. And outside of all that, it tastes unbelievably good. A super comforting dish layered with mushrooms, sweet potato, a spelt crust, and a whole lot of love. So whether you are going full veg for your Thanksgiving or opting to pepper in new meatless sides, this hug in a bowl has your name written all over it. Boom. I mean, how do you say no to a hug in a bowl? How do you say no? I I like have had so much fun rereading what she's written on the TIG. I don't know why it's like so enlightening to me that she's like, I don't know. She's a food writer at heart for sure. I feel like this was like her calling. Yeah. She's really good at food writing and it makes makes me really want to make this. It's so descriptive. You know, I feel like it's like it's it's hard to be so descriptive with food. Like I'm not a great food writer. I think that it's a real talent. It's an art. It's definitely an art. Yeah. Yeah. And she's perfected it. All right. So now what are we uh, more royal things? Yeah. What are you thankful for? for for the side? Okay, so I think I'm thankful for Beatrice's COVID weddings. Just like all the things. Cheers! I'm sipping. I'm getting like really buzzy. (laughs) Yes, yes. I wish we were together. Always (laughs) Always <laughs> cheersing to Beatrice's wedding. Um, it just was lovely, and like you know, micro weddings were already kind of trending at that moment. But to see it pulled off by a royal, and to have you know the queen's dress and the queen's tiara and all these things, I think it just it was beautiful and something we all like. We talked about. We've said this before, but we all really needed in that moment. Yeah, it was such and a bright spot in the middle of this whole thing. You know, it's I like would love enough about escapism. Another royal wedding yeah, point, give yeah. us a baby. Oh, we have we have Eugenie's baby coming up, so that's yes, exciting. Yes, <laughs> that's something to be thankful for as well. And then my other the, my other side thankful. Uh, side course thankfulness moment is Megan and Gloria Steinem. And I feel like all that Megan has done to encourage people to vote and, you know, she did get a lot of flack for it, but I feel like she was very brave about it and encouraged people in a way that wasn't partisan. And I think that she did such a good job at being, you know, nonpartisan and just encouraging people to exercise their civil right. And I love that. I think, you know, if, her and Harry hadn't been here this year, we wouldn't have had that. And I think that's that would be such a loss for us. So I'm really happy that she did that. Yeah, her participation and Harry's in that meant so much. And I feel like shout out to Matt Sales, right, who was the one that filmed that whole Gloria Steinem moment. Yes. Oh, and has been their like Sussex jealous. photographer while they've been here. So. Yeah, that was really a real cool. coming home for Megan, that video yeah. too. Uh, I'm really grateful. I think that the, all of Prince William's and Charles's work for climate change, but the Earth Shot has me so inspired for what's, you know, I think not only 2021, but the next decade. I just think that yeah. it's such an articulate plan of action. And I love his nod to John F. Kennedy. I just think that he... I'm just excited because I obviously I think all of us care so deeply and are so grateful for the planet more than ever this year. I mean, it's been our reprieve, fresh air, everything. Yeah. We just need to do something. It would be so sad if we didn't do it for, you know, even just how he's doing it for his kids. That has been for a real our children. I yeah, know. that has been so um, uplifting for me to watch. And I am excited to kind of participate as, as much as I can. But in addition to that, on the flip side, Kate's Hold Still project, I think – and the fact that it hit so many touch points in terms of, you know, her personal hobby of photography, but also her patronage of the National Portrait Gallery, and then just, you know, the connectivity between of UK citizens, like they all felt so seen during that time. And all those photos are just let's have a book about it. It's, it's one for the history book. So I'm Oh, that's so smart to publish a book with yeah, all the photos. I just, yeah. I think that they just 
both her and William have executed so well on their these causes this year, and I've loved watching it unfold. Well, especially causes that wouldn't have happened without COVID. I feel like the pivot that Kate made to the hold still, you know, this was obviously not in the works before March, and it just they executed it and you know pulled it off without a hitch. I think it was really, really amazing and such a testament to like what you know what they can do especially under really intense and tough circumstances Absolutely. and the climate change stuff. Oh my gosh. It really so, so, so critical. Yes. So critical. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, moving on dessert. Also my favorite. I actually think, I don't <laughs> <Yeah>. know now <laughs> sides or dessert. I don't know. <laughs> Nothing on the table is like a mess for me at Thanksgiving. Yes. Yeah. True. Uh, I love dessert and I think we typically go for pies. Like I like a pecan pie yeah. or pecan pie and depending on where you're from uh and pumpkin pie and peanut butter chocolate pie that's usually what we do with like an ice cream maybe um or we like bake something how do you feel about this cake we'll get into this oh one. my gosh <laughs> what is that what so is this that is called? from together the community cookbook this is what i'm pressuring matt to make this year it's um it so it's the caramelized plum upside down cake look at how beautiful <sighs> it's beautiful it's honestly i think it's one of those that i'm sure it tastes delicious but it's also a made for instagram moment but that yeah it's from the together our community <laughs> matt cookbook. could do it though he's so well he good. loves it challenge so i feel like <laughs> I, I gave him i bookmarked this this recipe for him i'll report back matt's listening to this and he's like really rachel i love a challenge like thanks a lot he does, i'm just like i give him all i'm really honest with my feedback that's matt's biggest complaint i'm like has Matt. he does he usually make the desserts for thanksgiving he does yeah he's really into it i think he likes oh, he we're also, talking about your husband matt by the way for listeners yeah. who are so, <laughs> so, so confused, confused about what's going on yeah. yeah yeah um he actually i i love him the most but he loves the accolades <laughs> likes being like the he likes oh, the praise and feedback but he compliments. he's really into baking it's been a real hobby of his so it's kind of fun it's so fun so so fun and that's you know the dessert although i usually rarely ever have actual room to like stuff anything else mm-hmm. into my body it's always you always make the room though yes yeah <laughs> and you and you always have it like there even if you eat it the next day completely completely yeah, yeah. all right so we have two one is a poached pear and spiced orange juice from the tig which is actually really simple and not like totally bad for you mm. like all the desserts i usually have um and the other one is that kate middleton's favorite dessert she revealed uh once is a sticky toffee pudding actually i think that that's this was from a chef that said this is what he made for Kate mm-hmm. Middleton. So I don't know if she's ever confirmed, but he said that her favorite dessert was sticky toffee pudding. And then also the caramelized plum upside down cake that Rachel just held up for me to show me the picture from the Together Our Community cookbook. So lots of oh inspo. my gosh. Yeah. So good. The, the the poached pears though I have to read how you make them because it's actually really simple. Oh, it is simple. Do oh, it, it sounds yeah. so complicated. Oh, I don't know. I thought it was. Oh, no, I don't know. I I know nothing about baking. I have a really high bar. Uh, (laughs) So you but it really it's just it's pears, orange juice, lemon juice, honey, and then, you know, all the spices. So cinnamon, ginger, cardamom, vanilla, rosemary, pistachio, basil. That is a lot. Is it just all? It's just pears soaked in orange juice and then the spices. And it's it doesn't sound like it takes very long at all. It's like five minutes. And because I know you're a newbie viewer, um, are you – can you not hear – like, anytime I hear cardamom, I think of the Great British Bake Off. Yeah. <laughs> well, I am so like, new to Ooh, cardamom. Show, yes. Yes. Oh, wait. Okay. So I'm wrong. I just am skimming the recipe, and it says <laughs> – 
I'm laughing now. It says cook the fares turning every five minutes or so for one I to knew three it was hours. Complicated. I knew. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's so easy. No, I love Why it. I, I think Roros can still attempt it. I have faith. I didn't do my homework. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's it's one to three hours. So not that. <laughs> So this is your whole Thanksgiving project, the poached so, pear. So, but they look beautiful. Yeah. And it's like, okay, if I'm going to, like, eat a healthy dessert, I would want it to be this. Yeah. It sounds delicious. I love pistachios, too. I bet it, like, melts in your mouth, too, that way. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, so what are you round. thankful for in the dessert round? Yeah, last round of things. So, so definitely the queen's health. I think this has been on the mm-hmm. forefront of everyone's mind as COVID kind of ravages the world. And the fact that she wore a mask is such a, you know such a big moment for us I feel like talking about masks a lot and wanting to see a queen's mask in real life so we finally got that but just that she's you know 94 and it's really amazing they're planning her 70th jubilee like it's just as like the platinum jubilee it's like she shows no signs of slowing down I'm like so you know, thankful that everyone's okay. Even though Prince Charles got it, he's doing okay. I feel like we've really been lucky as far as the British royal family goes to have everyone still in good health. So yeah, cheers totally to agree. that, I'm I guess. Her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Her legacy, everything. Yeah. It's impressive. Yeah. And then the other thing is all the royal themed books from this year. So I feel like we've had a lot of authors on this show recently and and it's been so much fun for Rachel and I to talk with them. And so you know, aside from HRH, so many thoughts on Royal Style, which came out this year. There was also Prince Philip Revealed, Robert Lacey's book, Battle of Brothers. Um, what else am I? I'm Finding Freedom. S- Finding Freedom. That was like the whole summer, right? It felt like the build up to that. And then, yeah. That's so true. In yeah. August. Yeah. Yeah. It's so fun to look back on all those um, royal books. I'm and sure. I feel like I Elizabeth some, Holmes' but... book is definitely going to be gifted to a lot of people in my life. I just love that book. It's so beautiful. And I was thinking too, modern monarchy modern monarchy by chris jackson he hinted at installment number two i believe i feel like we pressured him to hint at it but <laughs> that's true but chris if you're listening but that would be amazing that would be amazing and that's it that book came out a while ago but it's still i feel like one of i think that's my favorite royal book it, the coffee table book. Yeah, the it's coffee table beautiful. book, Modern Monarchy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so. Well, I'm just thankful for all the Zoom calls. The Royals have really been there for us during this time. I feel like I thought everything was going to pause, and they pivoted like the rest of us. They've kind of held our hands through a lot of really tough moments. I mean, I remember when the Queen made that speech and comforted her her nation, the UK, but the world felt the weight of her words. Um I'm also so excited because I just need to look forward at this moment. But 2021 and 2022, it sounds like we have a lot of royal events to look forward to from the unveiling of Diana's statue at Kensington Palace. The Invictus Games are scheduled, like Roberta said, the Platinum Jubilee. And then I'm just really holding out hope that Wimbledon will be back. I I mean, that's nothing about that has been announced, but I love that for the royals, that box that they have. So, you know, what a delicious meal. So, <laughs> so delicious and so many things to look forward to next year I think that's such a good point to be thankful that we have all of these things that are coming up and boy what a year it'll be I join know. us on Royally Obsessed for the ride yeah exactly <laughs> and before you know we get to our highs and lows I, we did want to mention you know 
because this is the time of giving and, you know, we just want to look outwardly a bit, pick a cause, a royal cause, we're calling this uh, segment. Pick a cause, a royal cause. Yeah, we tried to break it down, you know, just, you know, based on who you kind of adore in the royal family. So if you love the Cambridges, I'm thinking right now, just because I'm picking one, obviously they have numerous causes, but anything that supports climate change, as we Mm -hmm. talked about, it's such a big deal. And we are the people that need to need to solve this crisis. So a great option is earthwatch.org, which connects people with scientists worldwide who are conducting environmental research to save the planet. Earthshot, you can't, I looked, I scoured that site. You can't really donate directly as far as I know. Prince William, if you're listening, let us know if this is inaccurate. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah. Prince William, write us a note. But uh, but yeah, so right now, now earthwatch.org is a great way to get your re- awesome. the resources spread around the globe. So Roberta, who do you want to donate to? So if you love the Sussexes, as we all do, I feel like a good way to donate and give back is CAMFED, which educates girls in rural Africa. They made a $130,000 donation in honor of the grassroots movement tied to their birthdays this year. And you can donate at camfed.org. So Diana, let's talk about Diana. Where where is a good place to donate for her? So if you love Diana, I would say the Diana Award. It's kind of a no-brainer. It's the only only official charity in her name. And also throwback to our interview with Tessie Ojo. uh, Such a good interview. I love her. I adore her. Also, she was recently honored by the Queen. She um, in October. I saw that, Which is crazy. Um, But the organization honors Diana's belief that young people have the power to change the world. So you can donate or get involved at diana-award.org.uk. Okay, what about the queen? Yeah. I mean, ending on the the matron. Well, the, the queen, <laughs> if you love the queen, it's really, it's quite difficult because she has over 600 patronages. So, so, so many. But we are going to focus in on one, which is the Queen's Commonwealth Trust, which we've all heard about quite a bit. And it's much like the Diana Award, where it works with young people to champion and fund their efforts to change the world. The URL is queenscommonwealthtrust.org. And just a reminder that Harry and Meghan are president and vice president still. So so a great way to give back is through that organization. And yeah, that's it. Cheers. (laughs) I feel like it's important. So I'm glad that we could, yeah, talk about that. Definitely. And now before we adjourn the Royal Pod, here are our highs and lows. It's time for the Royal Highs and Lows. Roberta, what's your low of the week? My low is that it's just all the back and forth about finding freedom. So we just heard when we were recording this episode that Megan did collaborate with the authors. And it just feels weird that like her legal team has to kind of backtrack now. Um, You know, clarification is that she says she cooperated through a third party and only about the letter she wrote to her dad. None of the other details in the book she really cooperated with the authors on Um, but there's also this other aspect that's pretty kind of weird that the head of communications of Kensington Palace at the time Jason Knopf actually helped give her some general ideas about how to write the letter and that's kind of one of the main tenets of this case from the the Associated Newspapers is that it was a royal strategy media strategy and Mm. that's why they think it shouldn't be private but totally disagree I think it's a private letter it should never have been published obviously It's all just so, you know, it stings to have this brought up again as, you know, we've seen like she collaborated kind of in an Andrew Morton-esque way, Mm -hmm. similar to Diana, with um, a third party getting involved with the author. So it it is really interesting. We'll have to just see how it plays out. But kind of just sad that she has to relive all of this over and over again for this case. Absolutely. Yeah, totally. 
Well, my love of the week is reports that the palace and members of parliament are pretty unhappy with the crown's portrayal of Diane and, and Charles. Again, I haven't seen the full season yet, but you know, I think it's so complicated this season because it's reminder that the crown is completely fictionalized but based on real people so it's like that juxtaposition we talked about it a little bit in last week's episode it's it's, it's hard because it's a blurred line well for do sure. people take that the show as fact and is that their right. new if they are unfamiliar if they're not as intimate as us row rows with the details what becomes the the narrative or in everyone's brains and you know I did like this explanation of that Josh O'Connor explained that Peter Morgan the show's creator takes historical facts and paints in between those punctuation moments so like the the engagement photos the wedding those are the big deal splashy moments from the royals that we know of Diana and Charles but Peter Morgan colors in what happened in between so it's mm-hmm. a tricky balance that's you know I just think it's more and more feedback is going to come out but Well, and I think this is just extra um, incentive for us to continue doing a crown fact check for this week in royal history. Yeah, for sure. Continue that. I think because it is enlightening, and and I do forget sometimes. I need to remind myself when I'm watching it. This is someone's creative license, but it is so yeah. It's not a documentary. I know. I get sucked in so quickly. (laughs) Of course. Um, Well, my high this week is that Prince Harry quietly volunteered with Compton veterans. So this was last Tuesday. We actually it appeared right after we recorded last week, but. No fanfare this time, no cameras. And I just feel like this is Harry's, the ultimate middle finger to everyone who criticized Harry for and Meghan for their Remembrance Day photos. Also, he's just looking fit. He looks like he's working <laughs> out and I love it. And I would like more of that. Um, no COVID-15 for Harry. Yeah. Also, you can kind of see in his pocket there's a cell phone and I feel like they're kind of you know, relaxing those royal protocol rules a little bit where they were never shown with their phones. So their eagle eye, I love it. Yeah, but... Big middle finger to everyone who criticized the photos for vet- for Remembrance Day. <laughs> yeah, totally. What's your high this week? So my high of the week is Jillian Anderson on Instagram. I'm just obsessed. She's sharing so many behind-the-scenes details about the show. From her, like, on the first day of set, all of that stuff. But, yeah, she, as Margaret Thatcher, she's just a star. That Omid Sagobi tweet that we mentioned is like, you know, we just need a ringtone of her saying, Her Majesty. Your Majesty. <laughs> <laughs> It's so good. But also, we just found out she's not British. I did not know this. Did you know this? Yeah. We were just talking about this, that she's from Chicago. I can't believe it. I feel like she, in sex education, too. Sex education, you know, she just is the master of the dialect and everything. So She needs to win every award for her Every award. And so I can't wait to see those behind-the-scenes picks. Same. All right. Well, just a reminder before we close, leave us a royal rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever wherever you listen. This would be a Thanksgiving treat to get a five-star review from you guys. So please leave us a rating. I actually am going to read a DM from someone who uh, messaged Rachel and I about The Crown. She's, this is from Tiffany, one of our uh, most loyal Roros. She said, hey, ladies, finish The Crown. It was the best season this far. This season was the reason, finally, to subscribe to Netflix. I didn't like season three. Originally, season one was my favorite. I wish they had showed more good times between the Prince of Wales and Diana. Can't wait for your review. We are definitely going to review it all once we finish. But I love that Tiffany wrote us. And we have had so yeah, many thanks, messages Tiffany, about the crown. For writing yeah. us. So reminders to subscribe. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast. Use the gift stickers at your leisure. Yes. And join the Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. You can always send us an email at info at gallerypodcast.com. And till next week. 
God save the pod! Her Majesties of Royally Obsessed have retired for this episode. God save the pod. And if you fancy the podcast, give Royally Obsessed the royal rating of five stars on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. Royally Obsessed is a gallery podcast production.